face-to-face, healthy relationship talk radio with one of the leading specialists and foremost authorities in healthy techniques in relationships. Learn why honor, beauty, leadership, and self-help is important for your empowerment. Get practical information on why you attract your opposite with balancing self-love and health. Also, listen to proven strategies to avoid major interrelationship mistakes that keep you bonded and push people away. Now, here's your relationship specialist and host, Daiya Six. know about you guys but you know what i love that song (laughs) welcome to you all another day guess what that is another gift and another radio show with me yes how are you all doing you guys know i'm asking because i want to know so if you want to tell me how you're doing or if you want to tell me you know some of the things that you're struggling with what you need to do you know, to get help or to get some type of response from me is go to faceandrelationships.com and under Daia 6, let me know. I love the letters you guys are sending me and I really try to answer as many as I can. So do not take it personal if I cannot answer as quickly as you want. Okay. Actually, listen, I know my listeners don't take it personal because my listeners are straight G, straight up geniuses. <laughs> and for those of you who are here for the very first time, I am your relationship specialist and host Daia Six and I bet you want to know what we are going to talk about today. Yes. Today's topic is your relationship with marriage. Some things you may agree with you guys, some things you may not agree with today, but guess what? We're going to talk about it. Now, do you need a piece of paper is what I want to ask a lot of my listeners. Do you guys think you need a piece of paper to claim marriage? Or how do you become a great wife or husband? What is a broken marriage? Well, we have our author as as our guest today who wrote all about it. So we will dive into that today. And also we have a Dear Daia letter that we will answer from a member of the Healthy Relationship Talk community. He wants to know, here we go, you guys. He wants to know if he should tell his best friend what he found out about his best friend's fiance. Oh my goodness, we're going to dig into that. And we're also going to look into some of the traditional vows that are exchanged in our society from different religions. And I guess we can say different cultures as well, okay? So do you think that some of these vows probably need to be rewritten these days? Hmm, I've heard people say, you know what? Those vows was written centuries ago. Times have changed and the vows should change with them, right? Well, you will decide today for yourself. Anyways, let's get started, you guys. Our guest is an author from Virginia, and she is the voice that is sharing her thoughts on her own personal investigation on why marriages fail to meet the bride's expectations And she's also helping women restore their hopes and dreams about matrimony. You guys, welcome to the show, Miss Jasmine Deanne Andrews. Jasmine, how are you doing? (laughs) How are you? I'm doing well. Well, you sound well. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Now, you know what? Everyone, all my listeners know, you know, first of all, you're, you wrote this book called The Sullied Bride, right? Yes. And, you know, 
before we even go any further, just so that everybody knows exactly what we're talking about when we say the sullied bride, because when I looked up the word, I didn't know what the word meant at first. So thank you for coming with a new word and educating me. So um, <laughs> I, when I, when I looked up the word, you know, it was, it said spoiled or rotten or, you know, things like that. And from your perspective, what is sullied bride or the word sullied mean? Right. Sullied means dirty, defiled, tarnished, stained. It's damaged to impurity or integrity. So it's this view that the bride has been sullied and that she's been dirtied and that something is just detestable about her. Okay. You know what? And and so when I found that out, I was like, oh my goodness. And so many women for centuries have died because they were misrepresented or misunderstood of being a sullied bride. Now we're going to go deep into that a little bit. And before we do though, can you give us um, a little bit history on how you came across to, first of all, even want to write the book? So I would love to know what was your experience in life being as young as you are, right? Where you said, I'm getting ready to talk about this particular subject. Right. Um, It was a buildup of a lot of things. So it's hard to pinpoint one exact moment. But I would say that growing up, I've witnessed a lot of pressure on women to either be the Madonna or the whore, where either she has this unfair expectation to be completely pure and untarnished in every way. And then she can go into a marriage and get I mean, completely abused or defiled and all of these things. And then there's no accountability on the groom, like nothing at all. Everything still just reverts back to blame the woman and blame the woman. And I just started writing it because I look back at the story of Adam and Eve, like the the story in the Bible about Adam blaming the woman for the fact that he ate the fruit. Right. And then people still seem to uh, talk about that as though it's, exactly what's happened to them in every situation and that is still the woman's fault and that she's the reason that everything is bad in the world. And you know what? I'm so happy that you said that because a lot of men, um, you know, sometimes they get married for the wrong reasons. And Mm -hmm. it's so funny that you said that women, you know, have to meet these standards of being the Madonna or the whore because some men want their wives to be the whores in the bed. You know, you do what I want, you do how I want, you give it to me when I want to, without even taking consideration of how his wife is feeling in that moment. So, you know, so, and that's what you mean when you say that the Madonna or the whore, yes? Yes, yes, because even if a woman is promiscuous, and even if that's what the guy wants, he still shames her as, you know, somewhat slut shaming and everything that goes with that culture even though that's exactly what you asked for. But then if a woman is not acting that way, then she gets shamed as being frigid or uptight or somehow teasing the man. So it's just, I came to the conclusion that if you on both sides of the coin are being condemned, then maybe the issue is just that people have a general disdain for women. You know what? Yeah. And I agree with that as well. And so, you know, so your romantic disposition on all of that, when I was reading the back of your book, I said, huh, I have to ask her about this. What do what what is it that you mean by a romantic disposition? 
Well, I've always had a real soft spot for those classic Hollywood love stories, you know, like, you know, you have like movies like Titanic or even movies like Last of the Mohicans, where he says, no matter how far it takes or how long, I will find you. Or wait, and, or wait a minute, or wait a minute, wait a minute. Or what about my favorite one? You forgot one. The, um, the notebook. Hey. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Ryan Goosling, you know. Uh-huh. Yes. So <laughs> um, all of that. So, and then that's what you get. But then people are telling you that, well, that image is unrealistic and you shouldn't aspire to that. And it's like, well, why? Well, what is the standard? And it, it seems to be that the standard is that whatever your lover gives you that's the standard and if you don't get anything better than whatever he offers then you're just at a loss and I just found that that's just completely unacceptable because nobody should ever have to lower their standards or their expectations because the other person is unwilling to deliver yes I agree because it is our birthright to want what we want and get it how we want to get it that is our birthright you guys and okay so here's another question then we're going to move on a little bit into the book Um, now when you had started all of this, right, I really, you know, appreciate how you got to understanding that, Hey, this is information that nobody is speaking about for centuries. And if someone even thought about it, no one's talking about it. And when I was reading your bio, I said, I have to ask her, how did you apply these mathematics? You talk about this applied mathematics. Can you break that down a little bit on what that is and how you got to, you know, even writing or being the author of The Sully Bride? Right. It's And don't worry, nobody has to get intimidated because it's not going to be super complex. But a lot <laughs> of math is strictly logic thinking. If this is true, then it equates to this, right? Mm-hmm. So if we apply the if-then logic to the story of Adam and Eve, if Adam was in charge, then how is it Eve's fault that he ate the fruit? So right. that, that makes no that, sense. Yeah. I yeah. Just, mm-hmm. So that can't be a proof. So you can't use the proof of, well, she gave him the fruit because if he was in charge, then he should have said, don't eat that. But he didn't. And you know what? That's a great logic that you use that because everyone knows when you were growing up as a child, your parent as the oldest one, the one that who was in charge, held you accountable. No matter what happened, they always held you accountable. So why aren't they holding Adam accountable when he was, you know, dealing with Eve? So, you know what? So and and, and that's a great analogy, uh, Jasmine, because. When we say investigation, which is something I always tell people to do, investigation plus logic will equal almost always the truth. So I get that. So that's what you did. You investigated. You came up with your own logic. And anyone that has any common sense pretty much would have came up with that same logic, which equals the truth. But then when we talk about religion and we talk about Christianity and all of these religions, you know, we are also taught not to use our logic. We also, we're also taught not to ask questions. We're also taught not to investigate. Just take what I say and roll with it. Yes. Yeah. And I would say that that comes a lot from the church itself functioning as an institution because yeah. your relationship with God should be exactly what it is, a relationship. And when you are in a relationship with someone, 
you can ask them questions. They should be approachable. And if there's transparency in that relationship, if there's love in that relationship, questions won't be a threat. However, because the um, God has been somewhat put into an institution that's run by people for a church, it is turned into a money-making tool. It's been turned into an institution to oppress people, to control people. So questions would be a threat to the status quo. I mean, like even back with the mathematics, right? Mm -hmm. When a lot of Christianity was adopted into the mainstream, they also took a long time. Jasmine, Jasmine, hold on right right quick, because we're getting ready to come up on two and you guys stay with us. Oh, yes. Stay connected with DIA 6 for more information on practical tips, proven strategies, and healthy techniques right here on Face-to-Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. Attention, ladies. Have you ever wanted to create a successful platform and a voice for yourself? Do you believe in leadership, diversity, and equality? If you're between the ages of 18 to 30, by October, Miss Indigenous International Beauty Pageant invites you. Come compete and represent your country in the only pageant glorifying women with natural hair and beauty. And the first to do it globally. Teach the world while serving your community. Imagine yourself being the planet's Miss Indigenous. Finally, the luxurious feeling of being a real beautiful woman. Hurry, space is limited. Go to MissIndigenous.com and apply now. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. It's easy to fall into the trap of bad dieting. Some look so simple, effortless, and satisfying. But that's not always reality. If you need to lose weight, it's very important to your health and well-being that you do. Being overweight brings a whole host of problems, physically, mentally, and emotionally. But the way to achieve permanent, long-lasting weight loss is to build healthy habits that will last a lifetime. Most people who have lost weight and kept it off have made lifestyle changes with low-calorie healthy eating and daily exercise that they can continue the rest of their lives. But some have gone on fad diets, like liquid diets, prepared food diets, or dramatically reduced calories and have lost unwanted pounds, only to put the weight back on eventually. It's time to build healthy eating habits that will keep the weight off permanently. You can do it. Baby, I've been thinking about you. Now, back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Daia Six. All right, you guys, we are back with Jasmine Andrews, the author of The Sullied Bride. Oh, soiled, rotten bride. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so Jasmine, let's move on. What, you know what I want to ask you? Um, yes. How do women become submissive to their husbands these days? Or do you think, based off your invest- investigation, based off your logical thinking and everything that you've accumulated mentally, do you think that, um, you know, being submissive to your husband is played out these days? What do you think? Well, uh, if women become submissive because they've been taught that that's the role that they're supposed to take. Mm-hmm. And because faith is so important in many people's lives, since that is what they are taught in their congregation from their leaders, they feel that 
if you are not submissive, that you are modernizing or that you have strayed away from the correct path. And that's how women feel that they're supposed to be submissive. But from the investigation and scriptures, I discovered a couple of things. Uh, number one, the word submit was actually added when the scriptures were translated into English. Ah, so got Mm-hmm. The word so submissiveness, the word submit, wives submit to your husbands was not in the original text. And given that it was added when it was translated to English, it's because the people translating it had a motivation and they had their own set view of what they wanted to manipulate to make people feel like, or especially women, this is what their role was. Mm-hmm. Then accompanying that, uh, which is talked about in Sullied Bride, where the preceding scripture says submit to each other in fear of Messiah in Ephesians 5:21. So even given that if you accept that the word submit is there, if you read the first verse before if it says submit to each other, it makes it clear that this is not to be a type of relationship of a hierarchy because if you tell one person to submit, it's a hierarchy, but if both submit as in submit to each other, it means that you respect each other's boundaries and you're not going to use the love you have for each other to trample on one another. Because everyone knows that if you're in love with someone, they, you're going to let things slide. You're going to let things go more than you would with somebody that you didn't love. Mm-hmm. And therefore, to be submissive to each other means that you have to not take advantage of the love that they have for you to overstep boundaries that you shouldn't. Right. And it's all about gratitude. And I'm so happy that you mentioned that because you know what we're going to do? We're going to go over some of these vows that, um, <laughs> that are in different religions and different cultures. Now, we all know, anyone that do their investigation, you know that Christianity, and, and we're not trying to get religious here, but we're just trying to give you the facts. Christianity is the baby of all religions, like it came last. So, you know, you're, you're, you're in, and, you know, we're talking about language from cuneiform to Aramaic to Arabic, you know, then down to the Romans and, and then to English, you know, things like that. So uh, later on in the show, I want you guys to stay tuned because we're going to go over the vows that um, the United States, we're going to go over the vows of the Roman Catholic, then which are the youngest. And then we're going to go over the roles of um, in the Muslim um, community and then also the Buddhist community. All right. And we're going to exchange, we're going to see the difference between the two and how they pretty much changed a little bit as time went on. So you guys make sure that you stay tuned for that. All right. Don't forget. Okay. So let's keep going because, um, I like the fact that, you know, you're able to really make women understand, uh, you know, in your book that, you know what, it's about always being yourself staying in power and loving simultaneously without being trampled on and misused and abused. That is basically what your book is about. And that is really the true definition of love. Not only the love that you have for someone else, but the love that you have for who yourself and women tend to feel like that they have to lose themselves, lose the love for themselves in order to love someone properly or correctly, which is actually just an illusion. So, you know, yeah. Right. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So when I was reading your book, right. Well, reading the outside of your book, I said, well, I have to ask her this. 
you stated in your book that there is a difference between uh, where you mentioned being a warrior bride. So can you break down for the listeners the difference between where you already said what the Sully bride is? What is a warrior bride? And a lot of women wouldn't even put those two, you know, words together, Jasmine. But right. tell me why you put those two words together. Well, because for one, there's a scripture in uh, Jeremiah, which talks about in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 21 or 22, depending on what translation you're reading, that the Lord is going to do a new thing. A woman will compass a man. And it, in the Hebrew, it's a warrior terminology. And people don't typically see women as warriors, but we know that women love. Yes. And I know that you will fight for someone that you love. And to be a warrior bride means that you are fully equipped to fight for what you love. And whether it's the love of your family, the love you have for yourself, or even the love you have for a husband. Because usually we see the stories of the damsel in distress and then the man comes and rescues her. But the Lord even promised to do a new thing. So sometimes when we see in society that things are changing, people kind of like rail against it to say, oh, you're going against tradition and this is new and we need to fight it. But no, because God is all about doing new things. So this new thing is for rather than a woman just being a passive victim or waiting to be rescued. No, she her love is she's going to fight for her love and she's going to be a warrior bride. Mm, that's good stuff, you know, and I always tell women, I, I you know, <laughs> I actually like women that who fight for their marriages when it is, when it makes sense to fight for it. And yes. when I say that, I'm, and, you know, basically that's going back to what your book is about. I don't believe that women should fight for their marriage if the man is showing that he doesn't want it. If the man is out there cheating, if he's out there disrespecting you, if he's, you know, if he's hella selfish, there's no reason to be a warrior bride. You see what I'm saying? That makes you a sullied bride. That makes you a sullied bride. Exactly. So you guys know that you have, you're going to have to pick up this book and read about being a sullied bride. And uh, Jasmine, where can people find you? Let's get that out the way. So Sully Bride is available on Amazon.com. You can get it at Barnes and Noble. Uh, you can get it on ChristianBook.com. It's, if you type in Sully Bride on Google, it'll show you all the places. But yes, yeah, Sully Bride on Amazon.com, or you can get Sully Bride at Barnes and Noble. Okay, that's the book. But I said, where can they find you? <laughs> oh, find me. Oh, that's what you said. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, I'm on Facebook and if you look up <laughs> Sully Bride on Facebook and then you can have my personal page, Jasmine Deanne Andrews, and it's uh, the same with email. It's my full name at gmail.com. Okay. That's good stuff. And you guys know, go say hi to Jasmine, you know, say what's up, become her Facebook friend, things like that. And then, okay. So let's go, let's go for some more questions. You ready for some more questions? Yes, I am ready. Okay. Okay, so when we're talking about marriage, right? And I like the fact that, you know, you bring up the Bible because a lot of people refer to the Bible or the Quran or something of something that is that they feel is holy. And that is not a problem. And I just want to let all my listeners know, you guys, I don't care whether you call God, God, whether you call him Jesus, whether you call him Allah, really, it's really the same source. And I want my listeners to know that this is has nothing to do with, you know, 
forcing you in a religion or to think a certain way or anything in that matter. This is just to bring clarity on what has been designed for women. And you know what? You have to logically say to yourself, maybe this is one of the reasons why women were still looked upon as being lower than the man instead of really truly his helpmate or his, you know, or, or his partner. Uh, the reason why women still have to fight for rights when it comes to, you know, getting paid just as much as a man. You know, when women walk into corporate events, I deal with lots of men and I see how they look at me. You know, men are like that. It's in their name. <laughs> you know, it's in their nature. Bless their hearts. You know, but when it all boils down to it, women were still fighting. And I don't care what religion you're in, you know, what size you are what what race you are it's really still an overall fight for us all you know some of us are fighting a little bit harder than others because of the color of our skin and but you know that's a whole nother book and a whole nother subject but in reality that's just what it is okay so do you think jasmine that in order be in order to really truly be married to someone and you know we have people that fight this all the time. They debate this all the time. Do you think that you need a piece of paper to claim marriage with someone you love? And the reason why I ask that is because you have done your research, right? You've, you've created logic. You came up with your own ideologies about, you know, um, you know, uh, religion and, and, and how it's affecting women and, you know, and so on, because there are no marriage certificates that are mentioned in the Bible. Have you found any? Well, um, there is the ketubah, which is when a young Jewish male went to marry a Jewish girl, they signed a wedding contract and, and it made the promises of what he would fulfill and what she would do. And it also had a list of the genealogies and everything else. So there is that practice, but it's not required. It was a tradition. It was something that they picked up over time. Right. Now, in Roman culture, uh, the, you had, you know, they had the marriage ceremony. You went to the state and everything else. And, you know, um, at the time um, of Yeshua, Jesus, uh, the Jewish people were living under the Roman authority. So that's where paperwork came from. But in the early marriages, you see all it took was when he made his vow, that was it. And then the marriage was consummated in the tent or whatever. Right. <laughs> so right. it, so I think a lot of the whole thing about getting a certificate of marriage has a lot to do with the institutionalization of the practice, but not really taking it into account of, this is a covenant between two people and we are going to honor what we said to each other. And I love the so, fact that you said that. Hold on, Jasmine, because we're getting ready to come up on twos. And when we come back, you guys, we're going to go into, we still have the uh, Dear Diane letter to cover. And then we're also going to go into the vows from different traditional religious groups and cultures. So I don't want you guys to miss that. Stay tuned. We're going to be back with more of this information, what is it really like to love, you know, and, and all this great stuff, you guys, we'll be back with um, more of Jasmine Andrews. So just stay tuned. Okay. Stay connected with Daia six for more information on practical tips, proven strategies and healthy techniques. 
right here on Face to Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. Attention, ladies. Would you like to create a platform for your success? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Intelligence? A leader? Or trendsetter? What about a queen? Well, if you're between the ages of 18 to 30 by October, Miss Indigenous International Beauty Pageant is looking for you to come represent your country. It's the only pageant glorifying women with natural hair and beauty, and the first to do it globally. Come create value a difference while serving your community. Finally, the luxurious feeling of being a real beautiful woman. Hurry, space is limited. Beat the early bird deadline. Go to www.missindigenous.com. Apply now. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. According to Weight Watchers, people who are overweight or obese are 60 to 90% more likely to develop type 2 diabetes as those who are not. Weight matters, and what you eat is vital to your outcome. The facts show that 35% of Americans, which is roughly 79 million over the age of 20, have pre-diabetic blood sugar levels. If you are at risk of acquiring type 2 diabetes, you need to make changes in your diet and exercise. They report that losing weight, stepping up your physical activity, and eating a well-balanced diet are all critical to staving off or controlling diabetes. Diabetes is not something you want to mess around with. Keep your health and exercise a priority in your life and keep diabetes away. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear more fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Baby, I've been thinking about you. Now, back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Daia Six. Hey, you guys, we are back. Hey, yeah, we are back. All right, Jasmine, we're going to ask a couple more questions and then we're going to um, then we're going to talk about these vows, girl, talking about, you know, wh- what is this thing that we call love? What are what are these sully brides that need to be rescued? And when I say rescued, all I'm talking about is getting better information on their position as wives, you know, Um Let's see. What is, what do you think a broken marriage is, Jasmine? What do you think a broken marriage is? A broken marriage is a marriage where one person is not fulfilling what they promised. They are holding the other person in contempt. They feel like it's their responsibility to do everything and they don't have to do anything. A broken marriage is one where people have become indifferent to one another, they've become complacent, they've lost the love that they had at first, and that's what makes a broken marriage. That's And I'm so happy that you said that because all of that can exist without being hit. All of that can exist without being cheated on. All of that Mm -hmm. can exist without even abandoning your relationship. Do you understand that? So women and men, if you are in a relationship that define exactly what Jasmine just talked about. You are in a broken relationship. And those type of things that Jasmine just mentioned is what leads to things like infidelity, 
or being violent or just straight up careless. So you have to be able to catch these things when it's happening. Don't wait years and or even weeks. Personally, I don't even wait a day. I don't wait a day. When I know that there is something wrong, I like to fix it right then and there because personally, I don't like wasting my time with anyone. And when you're in a broken marriage and you are not um, conscious of it, or you're careless of it, shame on you because you're not holding up to your vows. So are we ready to get into these vows, Jasmine? Let's get into these vows, okay? Yeah, let's get into them. <laughs> let's get into them. Okay, so let's start with the baby of them all, which is Christianity, which a lot of um, uh, here in the, let's just say here in the United States, we have lots of Christians in the United States. We know that they're worldwide, but in the United States, you know, when people get married, this is how the vows go. It says, I, such and such, take such and such to be my, what is it? To be my um, lawfully wedded husband or wife to have and to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health until death do us part. That is what we say normally in the United States. And that's if I'm not talking about those that are writing their own vows, but this is like the traditional vows. Um, what do you think about that, Jasmine? I mean, I think it, I actually think it's kind of romantic and wonderful, mm-hmm. but people have misconstrued it because, all right, first is to have and to hold. Well, that makes sense. Comfort, love. And then for richer or poor, because you're not in it for material reasons, Right. For better or for worse. Now, that's the part where people get off track. Because (laughs) for better or worse, and they're like, so you can have a man and he gets drunk all the time. He's spending up the money. He's doing all sorts of stuff. And then saying, well, you took a vow for better or worse. And it's like, no, that's that's not what it means. It's not at your worst. (laughs) What it says for better or worse, it's like, it means your struggles are my struggles. So if if a wife is struggling and she has a miscarriage, if there's a death of a loved one, for better or worse means that you're not just going to go off with somebody else because that person's easier to deal with. It means that if something happens, that you're going to stand by them in the dire situation. Not that you create the dire situation and say it's for better or worse. Right. And this also includes weight gain. Hello, weight gain. Wait, game, you guys. Okay, so let's move on to Roman, how how um, the Catholic Romans, this is what the Catholic Romans normally say. I such and such take such and such and such to be my husband slash wife, right? I promise to be true to you in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health. I will love you and honor you all the days of my life. What do you What do you take with that one? That's a little romantic. I mean, I like the fact that um, all the days of my life, like I love that. Right. And it's yeah. similar to the U.S. It's very similar to the U.S. What do you think? Yeah, very similar. And I, it's more like the positive version that instead of until death, it's all the days of my life. It's like the difference between saying don't forget and remember. So, <laughs> yeah, I would, I would take that. And then since a lot of like I was saying, a lot of Christianity was mingled with a lot of Hellenistic Greek philosophy. I can see the similarity between the two. Yes, exactly. Right. Okay. So now let's do the Muslim tradition. All right. 
Now, Muslims don't normally recite vows. I'm not saying that they don't, but normally what happens is the bride and the groom are asked three times if they accept each other in marriage, according to, you know, the terms of the traditional marriage, you know, which is between them, the two of them and Allah. Do you understand? So that's normally how the Muslim tradition goes. But I end up finding one that says this. It says now there's and this is the thing, because with Muslims, there's a man version and then there's a female version. So I'm going to read the bride's version and then we'll do the groom's version. Okay. so the bride says this. I let's just call her Tanya. I, Tanya, (laughs) offer you myself in marriage and in accordance with the instructions of the Holy Quran and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him. I pledge in honesty and with sincerity to be for you an obedient and faithful wife. What do you think about that, Jasmine? Well, (laughs) uh, obedient and faithful wife. Right. So that goes right in with the concept of the wife having to offer herself yes. as a subordinate as opposed to an equal. Mm-hmm. And that shows up a lot in various cultures and religions all across the board. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And that and I personally don't think that that is what love is about. You know, love is about a balance, a true professional spiritual balance now now let's talk now let's go ahead and um let's listen to what the man version is okay the groom says this i pledge in honesty and sincerity to be for you and faithful and a helpful husband now why can't he be obedient if the woman is going to be obedient, how come the woman, how come the man can't be obedient? Men can be obedient. I mean, they're obedient when it comes to their jobs, their businesses, you know, right. things like that. But you don't want to be obedient when it comes to a woman who is claiming that she loves you, a woman that who is bearing your children. And I just want to say to all the Muslims out there, this is not a hit. This is not a, a defamation. This is nothing like that to any of the religions. What I'm trying to express and what Jasmine's book expresses is that love is not about a hierarchy. It's not about who's above who. That's like the moon disrespecting the sun or the sun disrespecting the moon. No, that's not it. They're in balance with each other and they respect each other. So if the sun and the moon can do it, then we have to start mimicking what keeps us alive above our heads and start doing that in our day-to-day life. Okay. All right. So what do you, so, you know, so what do you think about the husband's part Jasmine, because he doesn't he doesn't mention obedience in that. No, it's, uh, they n- it never does, because yeah. even in the Christian vows, like I was saying, how the scripture says submit to each other. But there are vows out there where people will make the wife say trust and obey or submit to her husband. But if you're supposed to submit to each other, why can't the husband say, well, I submit to my wife? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so. And then a helpful, I mean, crossing guards are helpful. So I don't even know what they mean by a helpful husband. Like, <laughs> I mean, that could be anybody. That could be the nice man at the library who helps you find the books. Like, 
<laughs> exactly. You guys just love, 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 love. Okay. This is what we want you to do. Just love without all of this craziness. Okay. So now let's talk about the Buddhists. Okay. Now the all Buddhists, right. when I read the Buddhists, I said, you know what? This is one of the reasons why I really eat up, you know, Buddhism because it, it, it makes you, it defines your, it can define your heart. It defines humanity, things like this. So let me read to you what it says. I and he are happy today, not only because they can share the joy of their love for each other with friends and family, but also because they have the opportunity to express their aspirations for the future. He and her, do you pledge to help each other to develop your hearts and minds Cultivating compassion, generosity, ethics, patience, enthusiasm, concentration, and wisdom as you age and undergo the various ups and downs of life to transform them into the path of love, compassion, joy, and equality. And then the bride and the groom will together say, we do. What do you think about that one? Well, I um, I like that one because love should build you up. If yeah. you say you're in love and people talk about heartache or love struck and it's always about being love sick, if it's painful, then I wouldn't say that's necessary love. Now, there's this. Now, there's sometimes you have a labor of love, but this is about building each other up and it seems to be the only vow that mentioned equality in them. Right. Yes. And, and, and I agree. But when I, and when I read that, I said, huh, I read it three times and I said, I had no idea that the vows was like this in, you know, in, in, in Buddhism, I had no idea. And I really enjoyed it. And I go, Oh my goodness, how fulfilling it was. Well, you guys, guess what? When we come back, we're going to play a game. We're going to try to fit the game in. And then we're also going to do the Dear Daia letter. And you guys don't want to miss the letter because we have a young man who is a little torn between giving his friend the truth or living with this lie. Or is it a lie? I don't know. I want you guys to judge. Help us judge. And Jasmine, you and I, we're going to go ahead and... um. Read the letter. We're going to dissect it and see what you and I can come up with. So you guys stay tuned. We also going to play, um, oh, the get married or get out game. You guys stay tuned. We got Jasmine Andrews, the author of The Sullied Bride. We'll be right back in just a minute. Stay connected with Daia 6 for more information on practical tips, proven strategies, and healthy techniques. Right here on Face to Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. that Twitter is over 10 years old? Twitter was first launched in March of 2006 with the hashtag feature appearing about a year and a half later. Twitter employs more than 2,700 people around the world. Today, there are over 241 million active users on Twitter with an average of 500 million tweets per day. Now that's a lot of traffic. 
A lot of new words have been coined from the Twitter app. Uh, Tweetar is your Twitter boyfriend or girlfriend, and Twitterphoria is the feeling you get when they tweet you back. If you don't want to feel like a twittyet when you tweet, there's a whole list of proper twetiquette available. At first, even I was a bit of a Twitterphobe, but if you want to follow me at Too Funny Carolyn, that would be twittastic. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. The average banana has 108 calories and is rich in vitamin B6, which scientists at the USDA say helps prevent cognitive decline. Even though there are other fruits that have lower calories, the big advantage about bananas is that they are high in potassium, which aids in reducing high blood pressure and heart problems and helps combat ulcers. They have a year-round peak season, so they're good to eat anytime. Ripe bananas have uniform yellow skins and small brown flecks indicating that they are at their sweetest. Grab a banana on your way out the door because the calories in a banana are digested slowly and help supply the body with a steady source of energy. They are great for an energy boost if eaten about an hour before physical activity. I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Baby, I've been thinking about you. Now, back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Daiya Six. All right, you guys, we are back. That was quick. That was fast. Oh, my goodness. Me and, and Jasmine just sitting here um, conversing while we're on while we're on break. Talk about some good stuff. And here we are talking about Brad Pitt and Troy, you know, in his skirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Okay, so, you guys, we're getting ready to get into the Dear Daia letter. I want you guys to um, send your energy to this young man because he is definitely, um, he wants to know, you know, what he should do. So, Jasmine, you ready? Yes. Okay. He says, Dear Daiya, I have a friend that will be getting married next year in August of 2018. Okay, good. That was good. That's right, because, you know, 2018 isn't here, so we have some time. All right. He is so happy with the woman he's with. They've been together for two and a half years now, and I am very happy for him. But there's a small problem. My wife specifically told me that the woman he is getting ready to marry was unfaithful to him about a year ago. When I asked my wife how she knew, she said that, oh, hold on. She said that the bride was with her cousin's best friend. Okay, so that means the fiance. I guess he meant to say the fiance. So the fiance was with her cousin's best friend. She said they had a relationship for about five months. I'm not sure if my friend knows this. And he is such a super nice guy. I've known this woman since she started dating my friend. And he never told me that they split up ever, especially for five months. I am split between the decision of telling him or should I just let it go? 
I don't want the guilt on my conscience. And at the same time, I don't want to be responsible for any relationship damages that sh- that woman, any relationship damages. Oh, any relationship damages. What should I do at this point? Okay. So first of all, I'm going to say, you know, people always say, you know, they don't want to be responsible for, you know, damages in relationships, but you're not in the relationship. So how can you damage it? You understand that nobody can damage somebody else's relationship. It's the people inside that covenant that damages the relationship. Jasmine, what do you think about this? Right. It's a lot of things involved in this issue. Yeah. The first thing is cousins, wife's cousin's best friend Mm -hmm. is still a couple degrees away from knowledge. And I'm not saying that the man's wife is lying because she probably isn't, but that's a lot of steps to actually a firsthand account witness or definite information because something somebody told somebody who told someone who told someone else can easily get skewed. And it's like what he will do if he feels this guilty or involved is confirmed whether it's true or not. So he should probably track down the wife's cousin's best friend and sit down with him and then get a fuller story from him. Because one thing that people do, it's easy for a man in particular to lie about his experience with a woman. Mm -hmm. And guys are known to do that because if this man is somehow, if he wants this woman, this could possibly be something that he spun on his own part to try to break up that relationship. Because, you know, you got to think about these things before we go, because these are serious, these are serious allegations. Yes, yes, exactly. So you have to check because when growing up, my mother always told me, don't listen to what anybody tells you about your man, because, Mm -hmm. Someone can easily come up and say, well, I saw him with so-and-so doing this. And you can't, you can't take that at face value because that person who's telling you that could easily be trying to break you up. Right. So, and I do believe that the man's wife probably wouldn't lie. I mean, she didn't have any motivation to, but she could also be on the receiving end of a lie and not know it. So the biggest Mm -hmm. is confirm whether it's true or not. Then after you've had a direct sit down conversation with wife's cousin's best friend and kind of gauged, well, what's his evidence? What's his story? If you feel like then you should just figure out, should I believe this person? Because, you know, there's tales. You can use your discernment because, I mean, we're not stupid. We can discern. And then afterwards, address it to the fiance first that if you really do believe it, say to her, I talked to wife's cousin's best friend and he said this, and then he has pictures of such and such. And I think that knowing this, you should tell my friend before actually making a jump into marriage. Yeah. You know, when things like this happen, you know, that word, I, that word, I investigate, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you have to <laughs> investigate, you know, because some people say, you know, well, if I investigate or if I assume I'm insecure, no, you are not. This is your life. This is what we're talking about, right? It's your life. Yes. You should be investigating everything about your life. Cause I tell people right now, if there was smoke in your house and you sat there watching a TV without going to, in- to investigate, there was something wrong with you because your investigation might 
either save your life. So those are the things that you have to really uh, uh, think about. And when we're talking about marrying someone, I don't really know anyone who logically or consciously said, I'm only going to marry this person. I mean, well, you do have people that, you know, that are very selfish and self-centered, but the majority of people really marry for love. So, you know, when you're marrying someone, you want to make sure that it's right, you know? And I want to say this too. Some people break up and they do not tell people around them because deep inside they know that they're not done with that person and they don't want want to hear any negativity that their friend, their family members may say about this person so they may keep it to themselves. So let's say that the allegations are true. We don't really know if they really split up. And if they did, then guess what? Everyone is fair game. And in reality, she did not cheat on him, even though it was just five months. So that's why investigation is extremely important. And when I ask people, you know, and and I want to say this too, when I ask certain people, you know, Uh, Would you tell your best friend if you knew, like if you 100% knew, you know, those that who are cheaters will go, no, I wouldn't tell. I would stay out of it. But those that who are normally faithful and want something with substance and death will go, I would want to know. So you as your, you know yourself and you know your best friend. So I would say investigate, right? And Mm -hmm. What do you think your friend would do for you? That's what you need to ask. Because if your friend is the type of person that stays in illusions, it doesn't matter what you tell him. He's going to do what he wants to do anyways. But if his friend is like you, and I think based because this is bothering you, you're coming across to me like you're not a cheater, which is why it's bothering you. Most people who are cheaters will go, that's not my business. I'll just let them do that because they tend to live that lifestyle or they're close to living that lifestyle or they have lived that lifestyle and gotten away with it and it's okay with it, you know? So, you know, this could be bothering you because you're not a cheater, but you have to stay true to yourself. So if your truth is to tell and argue whatever you got to, hey, you got to take what's going to come with it then you tell the truth. But if you think you can go on through life and not having or giving the information that you knew for your friend, then that's something that, you know, you have to say to yourself that you can do, but you have to be able to lie in bed and sleep at night. All right. Okay. So we got a couple minutes, Jasmine. Thank you so much. You gave great information with that. Um, and, and I agree what, you know, 100%. I'm right with you on that, but let's play a quick game because we are coming up to an end. Now, Jasmine, you cannot give me the reason why you're saying yes or no. It just has to be a straight yes. And it has to be a straight no. Okay. You can't tell me the reason why. All right. All right. (laughs) This is the one, this this is the one that we were going to do Facebook live, but since we can't do Facebook live, we're just going to go ahead and just do this anyways. All right. Now this mar- this 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 uh, game is called Get Married or Get Gone. So you have to tell me if you're going to get married or if you're going to get gone, okay? All right. All right. Here we go. If you found out your fiance cheated before your wedding day, do you get married or do you get gone? Uh, and I have to just say yes or no. Yep, get <laughs> married or get gone. <laughs> All right. So so can I just go to the reception but not get married and get gone? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> 
that, I mean, this is the day before all that food. Like, I, I want to eat. Oh, and, <laughs> so, <laughs> so definitely get gone, but maybe after I ate that, that okay, catered meal. Yeah. You got that right because everything is paid for. And look, uh, Karina, our producer said, yes, I want to eat too. So, okay, so we'll <laughs> and then we'll get gone. Okay, here's a, here's another one. If you don't get along with your fiance's family, do you get married or do you get gone? Get married. You get married. Okay. If you find out that your fiance credit is bad, do you get married or do you get gone? Get gone. Okay. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Let's get okay. If you find out your fiance don't want children and you do, do you get married or do you get gone? Get gone. Okay, I got you. Yeah, you know what? I I agree with that too. Okay. Okay, let's see. Okay, if your fiance has a problem with sharing their food off their plate with you, do you get married or do you get gone? Get married. Okay, you you still get married. Listen, I love food, and I'm like, if I want something on that plate, you better give it to me. I might just get gone. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, let's go to the let's go to the next one. If your fiance wants to live in a different state than you, do you get married or do you get gone? Oh, uh, 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 uh. I, oh man, that's, that's, a, that's a really hard one. Yeah, that, that's, that's a hard one. one. That's a hard one. You guys, we are coming up to the end of our show. You guys, we have author of The Sullied Bride. We have Miss Jasmine Andrews. We're going to have to have her back. I approve this message. Jasmine, do you approve this message and all the information that you gave our listeners today? Yes. Yes. Right. We approve this message. You guys love peace and blessings. Don't forget to uh, follow Jasmine, follow myself on iTunes. You guys know us under Daia six. Don't forget healthy relationship talk radio, Facebook group page, become a member. We open that up for you guys. That way you'll see everything live um, for the days and weeks to come. Love you. Peace and blessings to you all. Remember to love, love, love. I don't care what religion and tradition you're in. Join us next week, same time, same place, as Daia continues to give practical tools for simple, healthy, face-to-face relationship living. Remember, relationships aren't hard if you have the proper tools to build you a solid foundation. Forget to visit FacingRelationships.com for further assistance. That's www.facingrelationships.com.